The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. Uh, We are less than 48 hours removed from... A really, really impressive road win by your Memphis Tigers over Tennessee in a hostile environment. It was unbel- It was a great, just a great environment for college basketball. A lot of fun. Did but, you enjoy yourself, Mark? Oh, I was. I was downright giddy in the second half. I just, I, well, I'm Mark Giannato. I'm the <laughs> CA Sports columnist, joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. And yes, I had a blast on Saturday. You were making me giddy. Like I was. Well, I was, this is why, like. Being in atmospheres like that, like I give those Tennessee fans credit, man. They were sure. amped for that game. Yeah. That arena is really nice, and it was filled to the brim, and it was hostile. It was loud. It was intense. And, yeah, it was like kind of ugly basketball for a lot of the game, but like the tension was just fantastic. I think and, like, that, yeah. I got into this business to be at games like that. It was just so much fun being there. I think the way things played out on the court contributed to, like, only intensified the mood in the building. You know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't pretty. It wasn't smooth. It was it was kind of ugly on both sides, and I think that made the tension – I think that sort of increased the the atmosphere. Well, and it was just really impressive what Memphis did there. Like, yes, again, they didn't play well offensively for most of the game, but they win 51-47, snap Tennessee's 31-game home winning streak, give Penny the longest Hard active longest, longest active, active winning streak in the country. Home winning streak in the country. They give Penny his first win over a ranked team as as Memphis coach. Penny becomes the first Memphis coach to win at Tennessee in his first try. And denied Rick Barnes his 700th career victory. And it was just, it was the first, like, I'd, I I had been getting, I had a hunch, I guess an inkling, as this season had played out. And you saw all these teams losing at the top of the national polls that, you know what, by the end of the year, this Memphis team will it will be able to they you could argue they can go in any game and feel like they can win. I agree. But Saturday proved it. Like yeah. cuz they did that without Lester Quinones, without James Wiseman. They went into that just ridiculous atmosphere and down the stretch they just made big play after big play. I mean, the, a lot of freshmen came up big in that game. DJ Jeffries, Damian Ball, Alo was huge again. Tyler hit some big shots again. Precious with another Pre- dozen dozen rebounds. Precious was a, an animal on the glass. I mean, it was just, I mean, you cannot, I cannot, I don't think you can overstate just how, um, you just don't see, teams don't, win those types of games very often, let alone teams missing two of their starters, let alone teams that are relying heavily on freshmen. And yeah. so it just speaks to where this group is right now. I think I think US Penny, if he was vindicated and if he felt vindicated and he said no, um I just think it was an I thought it was an impressive performance by Penny. I mean yeah, like I agree. they fall behind seventeen to five. They scored five points in the first twelve minutes. Um <laughs> And then, you know, I guess you can say luckily, but, you know, Tennessee starters got in foul trouble. But then Penny made the adjustment, hey, noticing Tennessee was playing some freshmen, starts putting in, starts 
putting on the the full court pressure increases the tempo like like we can talk about all the big plays Memphis made down the stretch. What got Memphis going was Penny's adjustment to go to the press. Yes. And they closed out that first half. I think they scored 20 of the final 27 points of the first half to take that 25-24 lead into halftime. And he found a lineup that worked, and he started riding it more. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He quit He quit subbing as much. Um, and yeah, it was- I, I was really impressed with what Penny did. And then down the stretch... Whereas in the first half, especially the first 12 minutes, I mean, it looked like they weren't running anything on offense. Like they were yeah. just, it was one pick and then there was going one-on-one. Yep. Second half, it seemed like they were running more stuff. Yep. And down the stretch, I mean, they really executed well. I mean, the alley-oop to DJ Jeffries, the Jeffries driving kick to Damian Ball, Alo, you know, knifing into the lane. I mean, it was, like I said, this, this is a, it made you think you left that game going, man, they are not going to lose very much the rest of the way. That's because exactly. if they're not losing that game, I can't. I just maybe maybe they lose at Wichita State. Maybe they lose like at Cincinnati or at Houston or something or at UConn. Maybe like one of those they slip up. But like they, this team is not going to lose very many games the that rest w- of the way. That was exactly what I thought when the game. Because they didn't went- even play that well. Yeah, I know. Like they didn't even. They played well defensively, but they didn't even play that well offensively. And they didn't have Lester Quinones, and they didn't have James yeah. Wiseman, and they won't have James Wiseman at Wichita State. They probably will have Lester Quinones, um, but that that was exactly what I thought. As soon as that game went final, was okay. You know, now we're talking here. Like you know, we all thought they would be good, and we all thought that when James Wiseman uh, was ruled ineligible and Lester Kinyonis got hurt, we all we all kind of thought, oh, you know, they're gonna play, they're gonna have to play without two starters for you know five, six, seven games or thereabouts, and uh, and in James Wiseman's case, more. But um, you know, you, you you thought that it was gonna be tough, you know, and and it has been tough, but. They've won every game since James. This James this Rodgers. team, you cannot just say it is a blip. This team, in a lot of these games, when it comes down, we we talked about coming into the year. What is gonna? What is this team gonna do in these close games when they need a play? Who are they gonna go to? How are these freshmen gonna react? Well, it's now like four or five games in a row. It feels like where in the last three four minutes of the game. This team know, has an innate ability to make the plays they need to make. And a lot of credit goes to Alex Lomax because he has been just a fantastic steadying force at point guard. I think a lot of credit goes to Tyler Harris. That guy that guy has no fear. And sometimes <laughs> it's sometimes it's to the detriment of the team, but more often than not this year, it has been a not it hasn't saved this team, but it's kept them afloat in moments where they could things could have gone awry. Like he just hits these big shots. He is he no no one else. Him and Alo are the two guys more so than anyone. They have hit the shots yeah. in crunch time. It feels like or in those really key moments. Maybe DJ a little bit too. Yep. They just see Tyler has come through so far time and time again, and so and it's you know it's just. It's they're it's a great team. It, uh, it feels like you know, like and not a great team. They're flawed, just like but it's like in the in the context of this season, where there does not appear to be a dominant team in college basketball, this team is capable of beating anyone. I mean, they really they're they're good enough to beat anyone, and they showed that on Saturday. They should not be nine and one right now. 
period. They shouldn't be nine and one. The way they played in that in, in the first twelve minutes of that game against Tennessee, going into that kind of environment without two starters, one of them argue, arguably the best player in the country. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to win a game like that again in Tennessee, seventeenth in the country. Um, Going into that game, you know, the way you sort of some of the plays that you uh, that Ole Miss was making toward the end of that game, you could make a case that they probably should they could have won that game. They 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 maybe they mm-hmm. should have won that game. Mm-hmm. UAB is another game where they played so poorly early on. Well, and what's amazing, they got this team full of freshmen. They're really good defensively. I mean, what fifteenth and what well, is it? it's yeah. I mean, really, really good. Well, Gary Parish made the point on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that I tweet. Did. Like, there's been seven teams since Ken Palm started that have ranked in the top twenty. I think it's like yeah, top twenty in tempo and top twenty in defense. Yep, and they're all North UNC Carolina. teams. <laughs> yeah. And they all were really good. And you're right. Six of the seven times. And Memphis is currently. 14th in tempo and 18th in defense, adjust, a defensive efficiency. And so if you look today, so they're 28 in the Ken Palm ratings. Again, hopefully that will start to readjust right. because I don't think they're the 28th best team in the country. Um, like right now, they're in Ken Palm, for whatever reason, they are still behind Tennessee, who's 22. So it shows you that's a little off. Um but they're up to number 11 in the AP poll. The first net rankings, which is like the new RPI, started last year for the committee, the selection committee. They're at 16 in the first net ratings that were released. And to jump in here, breaking news, the USA Today coaches poll is out, and they were tied for 17th last week with Tennessee. They are mm-hmm. now 13th in the, uh, in the coaches poll. In the coaches poll, 13th. Okay. So... That's fascinating. Yeah, up four spots, um, which is one of the one of the uh, highest risers, biggest risers um, in the entire poll. The biggest riser will be Villanova, which went from twenty to fourteen. Gotcha. Well, it'll and it'll be is is Wichita State ranked yet? Uh, they are receiving votes in the AP poll. They would be twenty eighth, I believe, if you because they look like. They look like the second best team in the American right yeah, now. Yeah, and Wichita State would they be... Just be they just beat Oklahoma State and Oklahoma in back to back games. Their only loss is to West Virginia. They also blew out South Carolina. Um and they're nine and one. Yep. They're um, they're receiving votes in the USA Today coaches poll as well and would be twenty seventh if you if you went down the line that way. And then you've got if the rest of, just to go through the rest of the AAC here, the best teams. Houston, Houston's thirty seven in, in uh Ken Palm, but they're six and three with losses to BYU Oregon, and they just lost to Oregon State at home uh on Sunday. We were talking about this before. And then Cincinnati just lost to Colgate. They're six and four Cincinnati is. Yeah. And they don't look great under John Brandon. They've no, they lost consecutive games. They lost to Xavier and Colgate. And they've also lost to Bowling Green. Um they I mean, like honestly, like they they play Tennessee on Wednesday. They gotta win they play Tennessee and Iowa in their next two. Like with the kind of losses they have, they're gonna have to play really well in conference play to be a tournament team. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Temple is seven and two. Um with losses to Maryland and Missouri, um, they've beaten Texas A and M, USC. Um, let's see, where where's did... where's UConn at? I want to. We should know that, but um... 
Connecticut is six and three. Um, they lost they're with losses to St. Joe's, Xavier, and Indiana. I'll say this: I watched that Indiana game. They also beat Miami, and they've beaten Florida, so they have some good wins. Connecticut, I don't. They're not like the Connecticut of old no. yet, but they're better than last year, and I think they're going to be a tough. They're going to be just a tough out. That's what I sense from watching them. They've they've got the best freshman in the AAC that's not on Memphis. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, 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 that's not like <laughs> the right. best non-Memphis yeah. freshman yeah, okay. in the league. Um, I, I, it's AKOK, and it's both his first name and last name. And I know I'm going to mispronounce it by it's not ACOK, it's something else. Okay, but it's that's how you it's AKOK AKOK. That is his name. Oh, I got you. Okay, and his first and last name are the same thing. He's from the Sudan. Yep, and he's really good. Yeah, um, and like I said, the best non-Memphis freshman in the league. Right. So and and then they also have Altery Gilbert. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up if UConn talent wise they could very easily end up being the second or third best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I still think I to me it feels like Wichita it's Wichita State and Mem- and Memphis at the top right yeah, now. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um in terms of results and in terms of what I've seen just watching the games. But want to get into something different because uh, go, going back to the Tennessee game because obviously part of the game was also what was said afterwards. Um and Penny Hardaway largely unprompted um offered an apology of sorts for his comments a year ago after this game and basically said, you know, he now when he looks back at the statements, he cringes and that'll never happen again. That um, is yeah, and it was I was the honestly the first time I've ever heard remorse yeah, out of Penny. A contrite Penny Hardaway since he became the head coach. I I would say that 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 last line of his response or whatever his quote was, um he said it won't happen again. Um that felt like probably the way he phrased it to Rick Barnes when they met pregame. Because he did say they talked. They did talk a little bit at mid court. Yeah, I mean, and they were smiling. Yeah, but yeah. they also knew cameras were on them. It was. Yeah, I mean, it looked like a genuine moment, though. It was. Yeah. I, I feel like it was a genuine moment, and 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 Rick Barnes was listening, and he was Penny was listening. It, it was a it was a, a nice little exchange. Well, and here's what I would also say. I think Penny was sincere. I do think he now, in retrospect, regrets it. I also think it was a very smart, strategic thing of him to do because now the pressure is entirely on Rick Barnes to ensure this series continues. It's oh, yeah. like now, but Penny has Penny has reached out the olive branch. He's admitted he was wrong, and if the series does not continue beyond next year's game at Nashville, it will all be on Rick Barnes. Yeah, Penny's not just saying. Um... He's not just saying, I hope the series continues. He's saying, I was wrong. I was wrong, and it needs to continue. It's a great rivalry. Anyone, like, I got these Tennessee fans, because I I wrote a pretty inflammatory column, because, here, let me preface it with this. This is what Rick Barnes said after the game when asked about the series. You know, I've talked about it. I've said the same thing I've said from the beginning. When I got here, we were the ones that initiated to start this series. It started with Tubby Smith and I. It took us two years to figure it out where we could get it going. Our initial thoughts were we wanted to play in Nashville, divide the building. That's how we wanted to do it. I've said leading up to this, we've been able to move our program. I think their program has moved. You have to have flexibility in your schedule. I'm not saying we will or we won't. 
But like I said, I've got respect for Memphis. I know all about the history of Memphis basketball. Know a lot about Penny Hardaway. I learned this week something I didn't know, that he's not in the Hall of Fame. I was surprised by that. I didn't know that. But the fact is, every year we look at our schedule and we play a really hard schedule. We'll look at it, and again, we're always going to do what we think is right for us. And I'm not saying we will or we won't. That's where we are on it. Here's my problem with Rick Barnes. It's whatever. There's nothing in there. A long statement of nothing. My pr- and I will say this. I asked some people afterwards the comment about Penny Hardaway and the Hall of Fame. It was not they people who were there in in the room. I was not in the room. We were talking to the Memphis players when when Rick Barnes said this. But people who were there in the room said it was came off as not a dig at Penny, more like a I'm shocked he's not in the Hall of Fame. This great player is not in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It was meant as a compliment to to Penny right. Hardaway, not as a dig is what I was told. But my problem with it is I just re- wish Rick Barnes – like I would respect him more if he came out and told us what he tells Tennessee reporters off the record and how he really feels about this. Like ultimately how he really feels is, one, he thinks Penny he thinks Penny was you know working behind the scenes and gunning for Tubby Smith's job, for his best – you know his good friend's job. And two, he didn't like how Penny you know, acted last year. I wish he would just come out and say that. Be honest about why. Don't give me this BS about, oh, it's hard to schedule. We got to look at our schedule. Like, if you wanted to play the game, it's pretty easy to schedule the game. Let's be. Let's just be totally upfront about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, and then the other part that really bothers me. When I got here, we were the ones that initiated to start this series. It started with Tubby Smith and I. This is not your series, Rick Barnes. This is a series between Memphis and Tennessee. And yes, there are some Tennessee fans who, in the aftermath of the game, when I wrote, you know, basically, if if Rick Barnes doesn't want to continue the series after what we saw on Saturday, the atmosphere on Saturday, I basically said then Penny was right. He can get the F out of here. Because, like, anyone who was in that building, this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that is what college basketball should be and needs to be in the in the be in the middle of December. Like Knoxville, Tennessee was the envy of the college basketball world this weekend. That was the best atmosphere in the country this weekend. And it's a credit to those Tennessee fans. And I just can't you cannot tell me any of the 21,000 people in that arena did not want this series to continue. Anyone who was there, if they left going, man, I would not want to see that game again. Like, they're not college basketball fans then. That was just fantastic. And to take that away because because of you, like you're making this about you, and it's just ridiculous to me. It's just ridiculous. Like, this this should be a no-brainer. This should be played every – it shouldn't even be played in Nashville. Like, this game should not be played in Nashville. It should be played in Memphis and Knoxville, alternating years. It should be no question. It shouldn't matter that Penny Hardaway insulted Rick Barnes. But bottom line is, he's now put out the olive branch. He's admitted he was wrong. Um, this game needs to be played every year. And I, I can't. I you cannot make a reasonable argument to me of why it shouldn't be. Like I see Tennessee fans in my mentions going, look, you know, look, we get big crowds for a lot of games. I'm sure you do. I'm sure they do. I mean, they've sold out the Wisconsin game in a couple weeks when they play Wisconsin, and the Kentucky game. I'm sure will be sold out. 
there's no way the atmosphere is going to be better than the Memphis game. Maybe it could be the same, you know, maybe, but like the the hate and the vitriol, they were DJ Jeffrey said they got off the bus at 7 a.m. and people were booing them outside the arena. You're telling me those people don't care about Memphis, Tennessee? They're booing at 7 a.m. And and I should say, that's fantastic. I love that they were booing at Absolutely. 7 a.m. I love that they were booing Memphis when they were warming up and guys were making fun of Lester, you know, talking to Lester about his shorts and, you know, where is Wiseman? Like, it was fantastic. It was. And then, like, Penny comes out. I walked, so from the locker room to the court, I walked with Penny when he first came out. And it was like, it was like, uh, like in WCW when Goldberg would come out, like he had cops all around him. The the people were wait, like his staff was waiting against the wall, and then when he passed, they came in line. It was fantastic. And then he gets out there, and you had the decibel meter on your yeah. phone. It was like a hundred eight point eight. It registered that was at one the point. It got. Yeah, it was it was consistently like in the hundred hundred and five hundred. And I went and looked it up. Like hundred and ten decibels is like what if you were standing outside of an airplane while it took off, that's 110 decibels or something. Like, why would you want to get rid of this? Like, you can't tell me the Wisconsin game, even if it's sold out, will be the same as this game was. Like, the fact that you hate Memphis is exactly why you should be playing it. Yeah. That's that's the reason. And if if this goes away, I am... I am gonna. I am just gonna crush Rick Barnes. Like I've already. I'm already very anti Rick Barnes and all this because I think he's just being. I think he's just being a brat. I it's think he's petty. being an egomaniac it's at petty. this point. It's petty. Like, like yeah. Again, I would respect him more if he was honest. Like if he was just honest and play, went full heel and was just like, you know what, f him. Like you know, like, right. I don't. I don't want to play. Like Penny was a jerk to me last year, and I think he. And I think he went behind Tubby's back to get the job. Even though, like, it's funny. Because again, this is what he's saying. Like, this is what he's saying to reporters off the record in Knoxville. Right, by the way, right. like he he is telling them exactly why he doesn't want to play this series publicly. He's saying all this BS about the schedule. And as I told some some Tennessee reporters when I was there, I go, listen, Penny did some stuff behind the scenes in order to get himself in position to get the job. Penny did not get Tubby Smith fired. Tubby Smith got Tubby Smith fired. Um, ultimately, like so, this yeah, I mean, like, this narrative that I'm sure you know, and, that, and if Rick Barnes is saying it, I'm sure I know who he's getting it from. If you know, this is probably what Tubby has said yeah. to him. But now, like, was Penny helping Tubby Smith get recruits? No. But I, was Tubby or was Penny telling Alex Lomax don't go to Memphis? No. Alex Lomax made that decision on his own because he saw what the program was like under Tubby Smith. Yeah. You know, like, and so if Rick Barnes does not continue this series, he is a, he, he to me, like, like I said in my column, he can get the F out of here because like you cannot, you cannot be a college basketball fan who was at that game on Saturday and go, man, let the, Let's we we need to schedule a neutral site game against Gonzaga instead of this. Like, yeah. give me a break. No, no, no. This is this is. There's no like you said before. There's no reason whatsoever that it, that that holds any water at all for why this should not continue. I mean, and 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 we're sitting here talking about how great the atmosphere was inside Thompson Thompson Bowling Arena on Saturday. 
let's not forget how great the atmosphere was at FedEx Forum last year. Well, and, and it's just was... one. It's also like there's a lot of Tennessee fans here in Memphis. That's like right. I know Memphis fans don't like talking about, it, but like you know, last year there was like a good four or five thousand Tennessee fans at FedEx Forum last year, and. And so, now is the right time to make sure this this series continues. Like, you know, it shouldn't be about who the coach is. They should just be playing every year. It, no questions asked. They, they should just be it should be it should be like Louisville, Kentucky. It should be like I'm trying to think of some others that are non-conference like Kansas and Missouri or that should have never stopped. Like these are the types of games college basketball needs during this time of year when there's a lot of other stuff going on and you're trying to kind of penetrate the common fan, if you will. Like, like this is the game you have, you should be playing. And like for, you know, I just, I just hope, I hope there were some administrators, some legislators that were there or watching on Saturday. Like, take, if Rick Barnes doesn't wanna doesn't want to do this, like take it out of his hands because it it shouldn't be about him. This he force him to play this game. Yeah, he's he has made this about him, and I mean now it's up to him to to make sure that this that that this doesn't go away. That this that that. What's in the best interest of the fans, the players, the residents of this state, the fans of college basketball at large? You know, as you as you and said, listen. Before, there's some Tennessee fans who like uh, who have tweeted me like, "We don't want to play. We don't care about this game. Whatever." I, again, that's fine. I don't think you were among the twenty one thousand Tennessee fans in that arena on yeah, Saturday, no, <laughs> because they really cared. They had and and yeah. and I loved it. It was a great atmosphere like they made it a special event like the basketball wasn't the greatest but it was a great basketball game yeah. because of the atmosphere because of the rivalry because you knew you know you knew these two teams it was just intense like and that's just it didn't matter that they couldn't hit any shots because it was right. so intense and it just made it just fantastic it's it's the type of game like those are the games i want to cover i don't like no offense i'm not really looking forward that much to the memphis jackson state game on saturday i'm just not that's a good segue i was getting ready to i was getting ready to bring that up because there is another game coming up well tonight. they're in this patch here where they're essentially memphis is playing three games in 21 days Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, or seen. even let more than that. Probably. Uh, they had a game on the seventh. Yeah. Three and like fourteenth, twenty first, twenty eighth. So, um, four games in three weeks. Yeah. And so, um, it's good. It's like exam time. That's why they do it like this. And it's the holiday. These kids can go home for the holidays. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. And none of them are particularly difficult. I mean, Jackson State is, um. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to say they're, they're like probably one. Of, they're 334th in yeah. Ken Palm. They're one and eight this year. Yeah. Um. They just yeah. They're one. They have not beaten a deal. They lost by 17 on the road to SMU, and they lost by nine on the road to Tulane earlier this year. Um, I'm, I'm I'm just going to say that is that is one of the good reasons why I don't think Lester Quinones plays this week. I think he could. I think if it was a well, different, I think you want to get him some 
I think maybe maybe not this game. I think right. you want him to play in the New Orleans game. Yes. yes. Just yes. so he he knocks the rust off before yes. you then play. It's Tulane and then Georgia, right? Correct. Yeah. So to me, you want maybe you hold him out of this Jackson State yes. game so he gets a little more practice time, whatever. But I want him playing in the New Orleans game just 100%. so he has a game to knock off the rust. One hundred percent. And I and 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 it's practice is a big reason why I don't think he will play this week because it's my understanding that he has not yet been cleared to practice so even if well, he gets i will say this he was cleared to gloat oh yeah um after the game because he did the hulk hogan i can't hear you thing yep. he went over to the side of the, that was vindication he, penny hardaway may not have been vindicated lester, lester canona has got some vindication there for those tweets he was in such a good mood he joined the media scrum afterwards like he was i thought the celebration was fantastic alo popping his memphis like admiral schofield popped his Tennessee thing last year. DJ Jeffries was throwing his hands up like, get up, get up. Like, yeah. now, go ahead and get up now. Like, where were you? Well, and then if you looked when they were walking the tunnel, apparently uh, Boogie was blowing kisses to the crowd. I did see, I did see some photos. Like um, and so it was, that was fantastic. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it well, was, and by the way, we mentioned Schofield. David Cobb is walking in the room right now. He caught oh, up he with Admiral Schofield, uh, before the he was not playing for the go-go as uh as lester had predicted in the tweet See, that's earlier why this Cobb year gets paid the big bucks because and, that was like when i saw that i was like oh david just and, pulled another and he went and found schofield and oh so i hopefully rick barnes read read the story because admiral schofield would like the would like the rivalry to continue david probably should have been sitting in here for this whole thing uh as a as a, hey get on mike what are you doing you, you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm like, oh, sorry. I, I thought I thought I was gonna put the headphones did, on. Did so? Schofield does not agree with Rick Barnes. Well, as a, I didn't as a, point blank, point blank, ask him. You know, Rick doesn't seem to want to continue this. How come you want to go against your former coach? You know, I didn't phrase it like that. But in in Admiral's words, as you guys have discussed, this rivalry seems more intense to him than Tennessee Kentucky. And Tennessee Kentucky's been really good over the last three or four. I hope years. To some of the Tennessee fans in my mentioned heard <laughs> that too, because they're all, you know, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Well, from my for view, us. I think most you're Tennessee, a Tennessee fans, alum. That's I think most Tennessee fans want to play it. Yes. Now, now, I think that some Tennessee fans understand Rick's point of view more so than Memphis people do, because people in Knoxville hold Rick Barnes in high esteem. People here do not, because people in Knoxville hold Rick Barnes in high esteem. They're willing to uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. When maybe they shouldn't in this situation. I just wish Rick was being honest. Like, yeah, just that, come that, out and say how you really feel. Don't give us this BS about it's hard to schedule. Like, give me a break. If you wanted to play the game, you could very easily play the game. Yeah. Well, Penny's made it clear he wants to play it. They'll, you can figure out the dates pretty easily. You know, and in some cases, if this were a different coach, I think the AD would have the, the ultimate vote on it. But I don't think that Phil Fulmer has veto power over Rick Barnes on this matter. If it were a younger coach and an AD who wasn't just the old football coach, yeah, I think maybe the AD could come in and, and swing his weight around a little bit. But as long as Rick's the coach, he's going to be the final decision on this. The good news for this series is that how much longer is Rick Barnes going to be the coach? I mean, he's in his mid to late 60s already. I mean, well, you know he got the re-up because he turned down UCLA, but I don't know that he's going to be around there for more than three or four more years. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I, I just think hopefully hopefully uh, someone – hopefully it's not Rick Barnes's decision. It shouldn't be. It's it's not – it should not be Rick Barnes's decision. So um, – Let's get the legislature involved. Maybe if yes. it, I actually I, – I agree. I don't have it pro- – I don't have a problem with it being his decision, but 
he, somebody needs to influence it somewhere along the way. Somebody needs to convince him. I'm hopeful there will be too much pressure next year because, I, like I said, Penny's apology or olive branch, whatever you want to call it, very much all of the pressure is on Rick Barnes. Yeah, now. I do. It's think, all on Rick Barnes. I, like I, it's going to be his fault if it doesn't continue. From what I could tell, Tennessee fans actually responded to that. You know, I had a tweet and and I saw some Tennessee fans who followed me and they responded saying. You know that they gained respect for Penny because of what he said, which is not something I expected any Tennessee fan to say. Ever when he said Never. it unprompted, it seemed like it seemed like Penny went into that press conference knowing he wanted to say he was going to shoehorn that in there somewhere. because he, the question had nothing to do with that. It, he was asked, "Have you ever been booed that much before?" And, and he, he started, he to, started answer. to answer, "Go well." The first time I went back to Orlando, they were upset. And he goes, "You know what?" He like I understand. <laughs> Why they were booing me, and then went into his his spiel about how he didn't, you know, how he cringed at the comments he made a year ago, and how it'll never happen again. Will y'all tell me real quick what that press conference was like after the game, because I've heard just crazy stories about how just unhinged it was. Well, like I didn't well, get that sense. I mean, no, it's not that sense. It was just like it was more like a a scrum, yeah, a, a scrum, but in people seated in chairs and like a. A table up there. It's honestly like it was Tennessee's fault. They did not make it clear that you there was some microphone. Yeah, yeah, like no one was. And I there. think it was John Adams who's led off with Penny. Did you request a police escort? Did was that somebody? Somebody? Somebody, somebody asked person. that. I, I don't know if it was John, John Adams. Adams. Um, and he said, "No, no, sir." But I appreciated <laughs> it though. I mean, I didn't get the sense that it was like bedlam. In there. Well, no. The problem is, is here, here's the real problem. Memphis credentials some media members who are fans instead of media members and they you know sometimes ask questions and it's sometimes just, they're fan shows and it just it just it just is what it is it just is what it is i've come yeah. i've come to accept it they you know memphis has decided those people deserve to have um credentials and they don't necessarily they don't necessarily adhere to the same uh same standards of decorum that I do. I'm not saying they're wrong. Right. You know, this you. is modern. It's is the. It's not. We're not in the 1980s anymore, where everyone is just neutral, objective media. Yeah, I get well, it. I heard you're a big words. homer. I've heard. I've heard Giannata's In, in other words, I, I would question any Tennessee fan that calls me a big homer. In to ask words, their ask anyone who they know who's a Memphis fan, because I think some people don't. Some people in you know, Memphis view me as. You know, anti-Memphis, and really probably means I'm doing something right if both people think I'm uh, the other way. In other words, Mr. Cobb, there might have been a media member or two, a credentialed media member or two, whose Memphis was showing. Yes, I'm just uh, going to say that, that yeah. w- someone said "Go Tigers" at the end of the press conference. That <laughs> I, that was a little too far for me, but whatever. Um, all right, well, we will uh, probably this will probably be our last podcast for a little bit here, uh, just because of the holidays. Um, my guess is we will return um, ahead of the Georgia game uh, after Memphis opens its conference season against Tulane on December 30th. That would be my yeah. my guess. Um, so that will be three games between now and then, um, Jackson State, New Orleans, and Tulane when K.J. Lawson makes his return to FedEx Forum. Uh, so my guess is Memphis will continue to win. Uh, they'll be 12 and one and will only be what two games away from the return of James Wiseman at that point. Yeah. Um, at, at Wichita or you have Georgia and then at Wichita. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, can't wait for that. So, uh, <laughs> make sure you're checking out commercial though. Cause Munns and I will have tons of coverage, uh, 
throughout the holidays, uh, leading into games, leading out of leading out of games, analysis, everything you could ever want. Uh, Till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thank you for thank you to David Cobb for making a guest appearance, um, and happy holidays. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.